What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 223 of Smart Out Moments, Smack Talk. I am your host of the panel, Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic for this episode, at least for this part, Drew White. Why just for this part? I don't know, I might kick you out. <laughs> well, that sucks. And yeah, Steven Wago. <laughs> Can I just yeah. go and do my plugs really quickly then? <laughs> yeah, what plugs? Well, you're allowed to do the McKellison. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't hear him a second ago, Steven Wago is also on the line. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so we're breaking this up a little bit. We're going to record some different parts at different times throughout the day. So if anything changes in our speech patterns or our energy or whatever like that, that is what uh, the cause for that is. No, it's yeah, because Sean kind of uh, gave us his sickness. Sean has a sickness? Yeah, it's called being fucking lazy. <laughs> well, we have two main events that are going to be on this episode. Both are going to be superstar scores. You asked for it, so we're going to do Buff Bagwell and Shane McMahon. And we got the hot tags in part two, the rest hole break in part three, which I already recorded. So that's why I sound a little bit different from that one. The fantasy league is going to end the show as it normally does. And part one is the same. It always is the ask him the wrestling trivia question of the week. If you don't know what that is, it's pretty simple. Two questions to tie in together in some fashion. First one goes to the panel. Second one goes to the audience. Last week, our questions were about Shane McMahon. Question to the panel was, who did Shane McMahon face in his most recent match in WWE? And that was Randy Orton on Monday Night Raw from May 4th, 2009, which went to a no contest. Question to the audience, though, who was Shane McMahon's first opponent in a match in WWE? The answer to that was Mankind. He defeated Shane McMahon by disqualification on Monday Night Raw, December 15th, 1998. So let's read off who says what here. Uh, Dirkamania says, Mankind on Raw, right? Yes, you are correct, Dirkamania. Mark Swaby says, I so want to say Mankind, but I think that that was his first official match, but he must have had some other matches while training, while he was employed by his dad, so it could be either Patterson, Briscoe, or his dad, or any of the trainers. No, I'll stick with Mankind. <laughs> good good uh, call there, because I didn't have any kind of backup Tony answers or anything when it comes to that. You say people overthink your questions because you're such a cunt with them. It's Every once in a while, I'll give these kind of easy ones, and then I'll fuck them over with something that'll make them go, oh, god damn it. So it you know what one cracks times. me up to this day? The... the one where the elimination chain. And <laughs> it was only two miles of chain, and I even said the answer sarcastically. I thought it was nowhere near, and it ended up being right, and everybody, because they heard that, avoided it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I still think that the bull one is the best one. <laughs> okay, the Brahma bull, the rock, does not count. <laughs> and yeah, if you continue saying it does, I think we'll have a uh, new inductee for the fuck that guy club. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But the Brahma bull? <laughs> no, you. <laughs> no, we gonna find you, Mark Henry style. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Marin says Mankind, and I'm going to get a Fuck That Guy shirt, speaking of that. Uh, if you don't know about that, we have shirts on redbubble.com slash people slash moment. Go ahead and check them out. We do have a Fuck That Guy Club shirt, so if you're interested in that one, go check that out. Peter Piccinini says, I got my Smart Out Moment shirt. It's awesome, like you guys. Thank you, Peter. Thank Can you. I wear this shirt to an event instead of a sign for Sign Me Up? No, because then it would be Shirt Me Up. <laughs> So you can wear the shirt and Don't get me wrong, still. we appreciate if you did wear the shirt there because Very it gets more, more more publicity out for us. Someone sees it, they'll check the website out maybe, but we yeah. do like the Sign Me Up initiative because it gets more people involved. Very much so. Uh, yeah. Anytime you're wearing a shirt out, if uh, you know that'll obviously help us more than anything when it comes no, he's to... Gonna, 
Tony, he's going to dress up as you. He's going to get the pink uh, shirt. He's going to gel his hair. He's going to have the Smart Out Moment t-shirt. And then his sign is going to say, follow the signs at SmartOutMoment.com. <laughs> the if day you... that we have a fan cosplay Tony is the day I quit. <laughs> I think it's the day that I quit. That'd be like, all right, there goes uh, all my goals. <laughs> Uh, his guest for this, by the way, was also, I have no idea, or a jobber or Vince McMahon. Nope. David Brown says, I have no idea. Is that technically correct? I, I don't know how that would be correct, but okay. He says, I'll try Renee Dupree, peak ass, and zip at a blindfold handicap pudding match. Nah, that was the second match, I think. Uh, technically, he's not wrong. He doesn't know. That's true. Uh, Declan Macri says, X-Pac? No, for that one. Bobby Lesnar says... I believe he beat X-Pac for the European Championship, Teddy Mango's favorite championship. Oh, God, I hate that fucking title. <laughs> uh, he also says, by the way, I mistyped last week. I was drunk while answering the question. <laughs> All that much better. And Guest 5 says, there has to be a Sean-themed t-shirt. Know what I'm saying? No Brian this week, since we had a stacked show last week. I will try to figure out some kind of way to do a Sean t-shirt. Maybe a Happy Days one, maybe uh I know at the very least I'm going to try to get a Falcon L one and a Roy, Roy, Roy kind of one, which sort of became more so Sean than it did Barrett over the years. Over the year, I don't know. Is there a way to do like a Mick Foley t-shirt with those happy days on it instead? I'm not sure if that fucking L's more me now than it is Sean. (laughs) That's true. It might be that. Uh, I don't know. I could probably uh, figure out a way to do like a parody of that maybe. I don't know. Always keep in mind, everybody, if you're sending in your uh, suggestions for t-shirts, keep in mind that I suck at this, so <laughs> I don't know how uh, flexible I can be when it comes to making things, but I'll always try to figure out a way to do it. I've been getting a lot into researching different fonts, and kind of, like, that already sort of covers a lot of it, but if it's, like, something that needs to be drawn, I can't draw for shit, so <laughs> that's a no-go, but uh, we'll see. So, let's start getting into this week's set of questions, and since later on tonight, uh, Austin Aries is going to be making his debut in WWE for the NXT brand, I figured why not go with Austin Aries. So, the question to the panel, what other name did Austin Aries use while wrestling in TNA? Samuel Saul. (laughs) (laughs) That would be mighty depressing, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely would be. I'd feel bad for him if that was the case. I had something pop up in my browser, and now I didn't hear the question. Where's Miguel when we need him? <laughs> he could be able to answer us. Well, the answer wasn't God. Uh, the question, by the way, Wego, was what other name did Austin Aries use while wrestling in TNA? Oh, Austin Star. Did he actually use that in TNA? Yeah. Right, well, that wasn't the answer I was asking for. But <laughs> All right, technically you got that right. I was looking forward to Suicide. Uh, so he performed under that gimmick for a little bit. Yeah, he performed under Austin Starr because um, that was back when TNA was trying to do the WWE thing where they were having guys trademark their names for the company. Uh, so uh, they wouldn't let him wrestle as Austin Aries in the same manner that they wouldn't let Matt and Nick Jess, uh, Jackson wrestle under the Young Bucks. They had him come in as uh, Jeremy and Max Buck for the Young... Uh, what were they called? Generation Me? Yeah, the Generation Me. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was a dumb title. So the question to the audience, what name did Austin Aries perform under in WWE in 2011? 
you think you know the answer or you want to take a guess, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim or leave a comment on SmartOutMoment.com's post itself. Next week, I'll tell you the answer and anything else we need to run down as well. And we're going to continue on in part two with the hot tags of the week. So if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, you don't have to do anything. But if you're on YouTube, all you have to do is click on that part and we'll see you there. Welcome back, everybody. We are on part two. It's time for the hot tags of the week. Some different news, rumors, stories, or everything else that we felt like talking about. Not much going on this week, so I kind of picked up the bottom of the barrel when it came to some of these things, but eh, that happens, you know. I'm sure later on after we do this, there's going to be some kind of massive break in storyline or something like that, and we'll be like, oh, God damn it!" and maybe we'll do a small package if that's the case, I don't know. Or maybe we'll get lucky and nothing will happen until next week, but for now, a couple things to talk about. Number one, Fabulous Freebirds are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 2016. Took long enough, didn't it? Shit. Yeah. It was clearly a team that should have gone in. Now, personally, I don't have many memories of them. They were before my time, but as far as their run goes, it's historic people. And more so than doing something um, which people remember, they established a lot of things which people now use. I mean, they were one of the first tag teams that were using music on a regular basis. Uh, they were using a lot of the flamboyant stuff, which became more popular. So they were trendsetters as more than they were, like, moment makers. And we got the Freebird rule from them now. So yeah, that's like a, the that, New Day kind of owe that to them. That's a good point. That's another thing that sticks out today. So definitely people that should have been in a while ago. I'm glad that they're getting the run. And I hope X-Pac makes the induction. Who was it you went to do the induction? X-Pac. <laughs> Why X-Pac? Because he, uh, when he was on the uh, plane flight from hell, he chopped off Michael Hayes' ponytail and glued it to the wall at um, uh, <laughs> their tapings the next day, and apparently Michael Hayes flipped his shit. I would totally be up for seeing this then. I don't think they've said who are going to be inducting them, but it's kind of like, you gotta assume it's gotta be somebody from back in that time. So, I don't know. It'd be a little weird if it was like, uh, and here to make... induct the fabulous Freebirds, Neville. <laughs> oh, they could do the New Day. Yeah, if they can't figure out anybody else, New Day could do that, yeah. Well, you know, they could pick someone that actually had a relationship with Footbet. Nah. They're probably all dead. What's <laughs> a relationship? I don't know. I mean, I don't know who really would have ties to Doc Hendricks after all these years. So, I don't know. Either way, it makes sense for them to go in. And being in this environment for WrestleMania, perfect time for them to go in, too. Makes a lot more sense for them to go in now than, say, I don't know if they went in, like, Toronto or something like that. Uh, let's continue on here. Speaking of WrestleMania, WWE has changed the March to WrestleMania event to Roadblock. So, first off, what do you guys think of the name change? So I'm still kind of sitting on this one, and I'm not sure if I like it or not. It kind of makes sense because, again, it's the first lane to Mania. Oh, it's a roadblock on the way to Mania. It just seems kind of dumb to have another road-associated pay-per-view after you just had fast lane. Though with that said, I like the name Roadblock than I do fast lane. Yeah. Yeah, so, see, that's kind of the same boat I'm in. I'm like, well, shit, why couldn't we have Roadblock replace fast lane? And keep March to WrestleMania. Because <laughs> I like the March to WrestleMania thing. The only problem I could see is if they kept doing that in the future and WrestleMania was in March, kind of wouldn't make any sense. But, I don't know. I mean, uh, 
we were joking around a couple different places about the idea that like uh there's roadblock, there's fast lane. It seems like they really, really want to do that Road to WrestleMania kind of thing like that. And I could see this being one of the few events that they actually carry over into the next year. Like, the Beast from the East, they're not going to do that every year. And NXT TakeOver, they change that up all the time, so it's not like, you know, every February or whatever, it's unstoppable. Or every, whatever, it's Fatal 4-Way. It seems like they're just going to change that all the time, and it seems like that's the case with a lot of the WWE Live events. So Roadblock could actually be that one that they keep going, and they, they're not going to move that to a different point of the year, at the very least. So we might be having Royal Rumble, Fastlane, and Roadblock, WrestleMania for a good while now. I'm in favor if they get rid of Fastlane and keep Roadblock, but I'm actually more in favor of them stopping Fastlane from being a big pay-per-view that's distributed on the television. In fact, just make it a small show, like they're doing with Roadblock, just so it's a network exclusive. Because when they have these big pay-per-views that they have to market in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, they make the mistake of rushing feuds or giving away matches before the actual show, which takes a lot of value away from them. Uh, luckily, we're getting something a bit different here with Triple H and Dean Ambrose. It's kind of weird that... Um, it kind of makes sense that Dean's been getting the push that he has now, but it's just stupid because Dean's got way more momentum behind him than Roman does. Yeah. I'm still pretty interested in it, though. And we're going to be doing our predictions later on and stuff like that. Um, Drew, though, you didn't uh, weigh out on this yet. What do you think about the name change? I like it. I don't know if I love it necessarily, but I like it. I've never had that same issue everyone else had with Fastlane, though I didn't think it was the greatest name, but I kind of like, it's the Fastlane to WrestleMania. Just something that I thought was funny all right but uh i could see a little like if you were younger and you were watching it now i could see a little tiny tyke of a drew being like <laughs> fast lane verb <laughs> like excited so i mean i probably would i'm not gonna lie about that you probably so right now. you got <laughs> me there but when it comes just to the name change from the march of wrestlemania to roadblock I like the name Roadblock, but I kind of like the March to WrestleMania as well. And also, they they even changed like, a lot of things up with that pay per view, not even or that uh, uh, network special they were doing with that. From the name change to the way that the the logo looks, I guess, to the main event now. So they're changing a lot of things about that, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I think a lot of people, especially because wrestling fans are tend to not be the smartest people at times, they might get fucking confused. So. I don't know. So I like it, but at the same time, uh, a little skeptic about it. It is a little weird that they changed up Payback and Extreme Rules, and they changed this around, and we're only a couple weeks away from TakeOver Dallas, and they still don't have a logo up. That's a little weird. Like, uh, the only logo you can find on the internet right now is the one that I made. <laughs> I actually find it a little annoying with NXT. They don't really promote those guys online the way they should, and I understand that it's a development um, a development uh, company, but still, you'd think they'd promote it a little heavier. Maybe they are, but it's on this website that you can't find anything. Like, they really should just have NXT.com, and you could just go there for it. Yeah, why not? I'm sure they own a domain. At least they should. Well, I know somebody actually owned the rights for WWE, well, not WWE NXT, but NXT, and they purchased it off them right before they actually released NXT on television. It was about three weeks out, and they were still in negotiations. 
because I hadn't realized. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good way to just, like, I, like they own WrestleMania.com. I know that. And that usually, at the very least, in the past, would go straight to whatever the WrestleMania page was. So why not do that? It's SummerSlam.com goes straight to SummerSlam and Elimination Chamber goes straight to that. You know, they've got the money. They don't need to worry about spending 10 bucks a year for fucking to redirect things, you know? It would be a lot easier. But it seems like they're rehauling a lot of stuff with pay-per-views, so it'll be pretty interesting to see if maybe this continues throughout the year. We might end up getting, like, something... Like, now that we're getting Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania, maybe we're not going to get Hell in a Cell later on this year. Because they didn't actually announce a lot of the pay-per-views yet, and it's a little weird. Usually I'm... by this time, we know well into Money in the Bank. I think that we're going to see a... You can already see it forming, but I think we're going to see a shift in the way these pay-per-views are scheduled out now. Um, as I mentioned before, I want to see these B pay-per-views actually toned down a bit and just make it the exclusive on the network, just so they don't rush so much stuff. And I think that's what you're going to see more of. A lot of these shows like Hell in a Cell, I think they'd be in a, a network exclusive, much like Elimination Chamber was. I hope so. And shit, if they really want to have some kind of an event later on in this year that's not necessarily Elimination Chamber, but still does a cage thing, bring back No Way Out. Still works for a normal cage. You don't need to make that the Elimination Chamber one. Cage matches are so redundant at this point now because they give them away on roll like free candy. What's the point? That's true. Unless you get to a point where you really, really think that you should have that kind of a match, but then you can book around it and stuff too. So, I don't know. That'll be pretty interesting to see what ends up happening throughout the year, though. And of course, you guys can always check out the pay-per-view schedule if any new information comes out. I update that. Uh, they actually just released the other day when Night of Champions is happening, so I updated that. Thank you to, I think it was Jaden that sent that in, to give me a heads up about that. Uh, let's go back to these hot tags a little bit here. <laughs> this one's stupid as fuck, but I figured why not just mention it for the hell of it. WWE's gonna be doing a new movie. This one is Surf's Up 2 Wave Mania. It's an animated movie that's gonna have John Cena and Paige and a couple other people. Triple H, I think, is one of them. Animating, uh, doing the voiceover work for stupid animation shit. Obviously, I expect none of us to watch this, but this is a an actual, like, another one of these movies that they picked up where they had a normal movie before, and they're doing the direct-to-video sequel of it. Why this one? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I thought that first surf up was actually quite popular. I remember going to see that in the movie theaters when I was like... It's... Sixth or seventh grade. That's the thing I'm confused about. Yeah, it's been it's been up for a while. Surf's Up came out in 2007. Yeah, I'd be cool. Almost ten years. (laughs) So ten years later, they're like, we can cash in on this. (laughs) Yeah, they might be a few years too late on it. It's not like with uh, Fighting Dory. It wasn't like one of the biggest films to come out of that year. So. Curious what the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is for that. I bet it's like in the 50s. It can't be that great. Are you looking it up right now? It is a 78 on the Rotten Tomatoes score. Huh. Can't wow, be. that's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'm sure the WWE one is going to be far worse than that. <laughs> if they even bother rating it. Wago, what do you think about the idea of them doing animated films now? Well, uh-huh. they've done it in the past. They did the Scooby-Doo one. There was one show that they had animated that I like, and it was released online, but it was taken out for some dumb reason, and I don't remember what it was. Cheap Pop, I think. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. If they can make something like that, I'm all down for it. But I mean, there's definitely an audience for it. They cater towards children, so I don't have an issue with it. It's just not content that I'm going to watch. Like, well, I'm never going to condemn WWE for making more content. At the end of the day, they've got a network, and I don't have to watch it. That's true. I just took a look at another one of the posters. Apparently, two other people that are in the movie are Vince McMahon and The Undertaker. <laughs> There's a goddamn Undertaker penguin. Dude, that's, gonna, that's so rad. I'm going to send a link to you guys in our Skype chat right now <laughs> to get your uh, first reactions when it comes to this. Because this is just ridiculous. You know, I, I didn't realize they were making a movie out of this. I just thought that they bought the rights. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> All right, I'm just clicking on this, and what the fuck? <laughs> I love how his surfboard is just a. T- <laughs> the something up with his the beak does not work for him. But you don't think that Undertaker's new look at WrestleMania should be this look? Should have a beak. Well, he should have, have a seaweed beak. Hair. He should have that yellow hair type of thing that he has there. I guess they're trying to make him look menacing compared to the others, but. I guess, is that meant to be Triple H? Okay, so the Triple H one looks more terrifying than the Undertaker one. The Undertaker one just makes it look like it's a really big homeless guy that <laughs> that found a bunch of shit in a trash can. The Vince thing is like a walrus or something? I'm guessing so. I hope that they make it walk like Vince. <laughs> but I'm curious why the John Cena one looks like Guile from Street Fighter. He's got that hair. So, either way, uh, tell us what you guys think about Surf's Up in the comments below. We have two other things, I think, that I had written down here. Um, yeah, okay. Rusev said that he was going to do a body slam challenge on Raw. Didn't happen. Apparently, they had some kind of Adam Rose thing and uh, Sheamus or whatever. They mentioned it on commentary, but what do you guys think about the whole, like, fuckery when it comes to this? Why talk about a segment that you're not going to do and then bring it up on commentary and be like, yeah, we did that, but none of you are going to be able to see it. I don't think that there was anything with WWE.com or anything. Let me double check that just to make sure, but did you guys hear anything about this Body Slam challenge? I read a headline. I didn't actually click on it because I was not remotely interested, so the fact that they didn't do it doesn't offend me whatsoever. But the fact that they would reference it um, online and then bring it up on commentary not to do it just seems kind of dumb. But I don't think anyone was is going to give them any backlash or be disappointed because this isn't the 80s and people don't care about body slam challenges anymore. Yeah, I don't see anything on, on YouTube. So that's just kind of like weird. I don't know like why bother bringing it up if you're not going to do it. Or just sweep it under the rug if you decided to change your plans or something. And even ha 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 ha. Uh, Can I do my joke? What's that? I got you guys. I'm not really doing the body slam challenge. (laughs) Maybe that's what the whole thing was about. Uh, Last thing that I have written down here, a lot of rumors talking about this, and I don't think there's any validity to it whatsoever, but it's worth addressing anyway. A lot of people think that there's going to be a new brand split. Are you guys up for it, or do you think it's a mistake like I do? (laughs) I've been hearing... I've been hearing people push for this ever since Shane McMahon's been back, and right. the brand split is a terrible idea. So, why did the Daya brand split end? Because there was not enough star power to generate interest on Monday Night Raw. So they bought back Super Raw. Then they realized that SmackDown was becoming redundant. So they just ended the brand split altogether. Now, right now, we have 
so many goddamn injuries and people are talking about a brand split. Right. If you are talking about a brand split right now, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm too close to the mic. I entered the room. Jesus. <laughs> it's true, though. We have too few people to pull this off. And everything I see online is just people making up a list and going, oh, this is how you can split it 50-50. First off, they didn't do that in the past anyway, so there's no fucking way that they're going to do that now oh, if they did it. Oh, keep in mind that new USA Network wants Raw to be three hours. Right. And there wasn't a three-hour Raw during the brand split. Plus, we had bigger names in the brand split, too. Like... There was a point in time where Monday Night Raw and SmackDown had about the same equal amount of main eventers. Now it's not the case. And you would have to bring back the World Heavyweight Championship to have a championship on SmackDown, which means They basically have to undo everything that they did. The reason why the brand split was around initially was because they wanted to create more main event stars. And it was a smart idea. A lot of guys that would not normally get a push got some exposure, got that push, and became a main eventer. But the fact was they weren't really a main eventer. Because as soon as they got bored up onto the Raw, which essentially was the main roster after a certain point, SmackDown became uh, automatically the B-show. Um, but yeah, so... Well, it's the B-show. <laughs> Alright, so the cat just jumped on my desk. Do not hit the microphone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I forgot I had the door open. Your cat's like, "Fuck you!" I went to split. Shit, that totally ruined my train of thought. What was I talking about? The main roster on on a uh, Raw, SmackDown being the big the B show. So yeah, with the main roster, it's like you can't you can't do that anymore because at the end of the day, these people that were main event guys on SmackDown, they weren't really main event guys. They were just filling the spot of a main event guy. They weren't really world champions. They just had a world title. World championships were making guys. Guys weren't making titles. The brand split worked initially because do you know how many big stars we had initially? A shit ton. You had Hulk Hogan. You had The Rock, Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. The list went on and on and on. We do not have that now. We have a bunch of guys that would be lucky to draw a crowd of a thousand at an indie event. I mean, the brand split came about because they bought WCW. So it's like, you took an entire other company and brought them into the fold. So of course you're going to need to have twice as much room. And even though they didn't have some of those people didn't come over all the time and whatever like that, it was like, you know, if you've got, uh, <clears throat> say, like two banks, you know, uh, First Union and Wells Fargo, when they merge... They now have twice as many employees, and you got to find spots for them or release them. And WWE was in the same kind of boat, so they made a second brand, and it ended up being a really good idea for a couple of years. But now they can't pull that off, and a lot of people think it's just because Shane McMahon can be in charge, but that doesn't mean that they need to do a brand split. It could just be Shane McMahon has control of Monday Night Raw, Stephanie and company have control of SmackDown, they fuck over people on SmackDown, and Shane does the opposite on Raw. You it just create a power struggle. Yeah. A bunch of guys side with, side with Triple H and Stephanie because they're authority people. People that are like, wait, you're a fucking asshole still. They side with Shane McMahon. You don't need a brand split for it to take place. Stop being a bunch of fucktards. <laughs> 
Alrighty, everybody. Those are our hot tags for the week. Leave those comments below. Tell us what you think about all these different topics. And if there's anything else that happens as well, drop that in the comments itself, and we will talk about that in our responses if that ends up being the case. But we're going to take a break with that rest hold that I recorded earlier, so we're not actually doing <laughs> any kind of a break. Actually, we are technically, because we probably aren't going to record the rest of this until a couple hours from now. So if we suddenly get tired, that's the case. But... We will be back after the rest hold with superstar scores for Buff Bagwell and Shane McMahon and the Fantasy League. So stay tuned for parts three, four, five, six, whatever the case may be. Welcome to the rest hold, the commercial break section of the show that takes care of everything that I need to promote for this week, as well as some other miscellaneous segments that are tossed into the mix to spice things up. We're going to start off with the outside interference articles I've written for eWrestling News. One of them discusses the possibility that we would get a babyface or heel turn for some of the people involved in the undertaker Shane McMahon match. The other one talks about the different matches that I think that WWE is going to pick up for Roadblock. So if you're interested in reading those articles, you can find them on the websites themselves, the Facebook and Twitter accounts, the YouTube description below, and the homepage is markoutmoment.com underneath the section that says Outside Interference. That takes us into Smark My Words, my favorite comment of the week that you guys sent in in some fashion, and this week the winner is Dirkamania. He said, were you talking about the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of shittiness? By the way, I'm 13 and I still hated it. Well, that makes me feel a lot better that I'm not completely out of touch with today's youth or something like that, although, shit, 13, that's already making me feel kind of old. Anyway, thank you Dirkamania for sending that in, and thank you to all the others who participated in the conversations on all the different platforms we have for you guys to smark out with us as well, including our Facebook group, The Mega Maniacs. That's the spot where we goof off throughout the week, so we invite you guys to join in and take part in all the fun by joining us on facebook.com slash group slash The Mega Maniacs. The monthly mailbag for March will take place on episode 226, so if there are any questions you want us to answer, whether it's wrestling related or not, send them our way by tweeting at us with the hashtag mailbag or shooting us an email through the contact form of the website. If you're going to a wrestling event and want to show your support for the website, then as part of the Sign Me Up initiative, just take a picture of yourself holding up a Smart Out Moment sign at that show, and I'll give you a shout-out on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. If you want to support us through your wallet, there are a couple different ways that you can send us your spare change. We have a Patreon rewards account, our YouTube channel is eligible for fan funding, or you can cut out the middleman and hit up that PayPal donation button at the bottom of SmartGapMoment.com. We also have a merchandise shop where you can pick up some t-shirts that have our official logos as well as our inside jokes. So browse the catalog over at redbubble.com slash people slash smartoutmoment. And if you have any ideas for future designs that you'd like to see, send them my way and I'll try to put something together. And if you can't afford to spread the wealth, we totally understand, but don't forget about the other non-monetary ways that you can help us out by giving us a thumbs up to all the videos on YouTube, spread the word by sharing the channel and the website on social media, retweet us on Twitter, like our Facebook posts, leave positive reviews on iTunes, drop some links on message boards, and so on and so forth. And that applies to the websites that aren't Smart Out Moment as well, because they're all tied in together. So make sure you do the same for sites like FanboysAnonymous.com. That's our sister website and the blue brand that deals with the entertainment industry and geek culture subjects, like movies, comic books, video games, and whatnot. So if you're interested in these nerdy topics, follow Fanboys Anonymous on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. Check out the articles on the website itself and geek out with us. And keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for any future episodes of the All Talk Show, the podcast where anything goes and everything is open for discussion. We never know exactly when we're going to do an episode, but we will always let you know in advance on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. 
So follow us all over social media at All Talk Show and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Lastly, if you're interested in joining the Smartout Moment team as a writer, an editor, or something else for that matter, you can send in your application using the contact form of the website, and I'll get back to you with more information as soon as I can. That's it for the rest hole. Thank you all for listening, everybody. We need to get back to work because we have two editions of Superstar Scores that we're going to do. So stay tuned for part four, part five, and the end of the show with part six. Welcome back, everybody, from the rest hold. It's time for us to start getting into our two main events for this evening. Superstar scores for Buff Bagwell and Shane McMahon. We're going to start off with Buff Bagwell here. If you don't know how Superstar scores works, it's pretty simple. We have a 0 to 100 ranking, and they're broken up into a bunch of different categories. Each one of those is 0 to 10. Add them all up at the end. 100's the goal that you're trying to get to and the uh, end when it comes to that. So let's start going down the list here with Buff Bagwell. Uh, we obviously are talking about Buff Bagwell because we've been mentioning this for quite a while, and originally I kind of pitched the idea that we could do it around this time. So, what the hell, why not? Uh, our first grouping of two that we have are ring skills. They are athleticism and psychology. Athleticism is pretty simple. It's their moveset, their finishers, their wide variety of moves, whether or not they botch. Uh, psychology is more about the story that they tell in the ring. If it's something that makes it believable, if they sell their injuries properly, do they get boring or do they keep things interesting? That kind of stuff. I went with a five on both after watching a couple of matches of his. I didn't really see anything in either category that was like offensive or stood out in like a positive way. But I'm kind of assuming that my ranking when it comes to both Buff and Shane could be changing when it comes to this, depending on how you guys are, if you bring up anything that I forgot about or anything, so who knows what we're going to end up getting at the end, but who wants to go first when it comes to ring skills, Buff Bagwell? Well, since everybody's eager, I'll jump right in. Um, Athleticism, I'm going to give him a four. Uh, I think he's a little below average, kind of clunky. So, for the psychology, I give him a two. Guy could not put a match together. Dumb as bricks. Hmm. That's uh, very rude. I don't think Buff, Buff would appreciate that. Buff doesn't appreciate a lot of things. I'll go next. Listen, when it comes to Buff Bagwell, he's Buff. But that doesn't mean he's a good workhorse in the ring. So for athleticism, I've given him a four just for the point that, you know, the couple matches I watch, I don't know much about the big man himself, but and nothing really stood out from when I was watching him and then, for psychology, I like I can't give you too much of an actual in-depth answer. My answer is pretty much based on what you guys come when it comes to the entering part of his work. But uh, I'll be a little bit more lenient, and I'll give him a four for psychology as well. So fours all all around. Aiden, oh, where'd I come from? <laughs> uh, athleticism. I think you guys are being a little hard on Buff. He is the stuff. And when you bring the stuff to the ring, it allows you to do stuff. And, okay, so he's not going out there and doing crazy moonsaults and all types of nutso other things. But he was doing dives off the top rope. He, he, matter of fact, one of his signature moves was going off the top rope into that neck breaker. And that requires jumping off the top rope and having spot-on accuracy. That and he pretty true. much nailed that move all the time I've seen him do it. 
I'm pretty sure it says in the rules, though, if you can't do a moonsault, it's automatically below a five. <laughs> oh, I must have missed that. That's the Shawn Michaels rule. <laughs> um, I'm giving him a six, though. No, nothing spectacular, but I do rate him just slightly above average. For psychology, I think he's just bland, middle of the road, so he has to get a five for that. He's never booked one where I'm ooing and eyeing out of my mind, but he's a fine guy to put out there for a mid-card match or fill in a spot for a team, which he did a lot for the NWO. So he he was able to fill his role for those spots with that. That takes us into mic skills, charisma, and character. Charisma is their basic mic skills, whether or not they stutter, do they repeat things, do they keep things fresh, that kind of stuff. Character is more so their gimmick and whether or not they can pull off being both a heel or a babyface or if they're just really, really strong in one and it makes up for it or anything like that. I give him a six on both because I watched a couple of his promos and I was pretty entertained by him overall. But it wasn't like he was, you know, on the rock level or anything. He just, he did his job and kept my interest enough that I was okay with it. And as far as his character goes... He didn't really have a whole lot of versatility, so I can't give him much more than a six, but you kind of dislike him the way that you're supposed to. He's just this jacked up douchebag, and he pulled it off, so I gotta give him a little bit higher than a five on that. So I'm gonna go in reverse order here. Peyton, what do you think about Mike's skills? Mike was never the best place to put buff. Okay, the best place to put buff was in a gym or an opposing contest. He was not the best talker. He was fine. He was not the worst person there. I mean, you put him next to a guy like uh, Hugh Morris at that time, who was absolutely unbearable, or some of the other real awful talents in WCW, like, I don't know, Lash LaRue. Hey, there's one. Superstar scores Lash LaRue. It's, it's... <sighs> no way we're doing that. I ain't doing that fucking research. <laughs> not, even I'm not pulling that one. I'm not rallying for that guy. Uh, I'd sooner do Superstar scores Glacier. <laughs> Oh, that actually might be cool. Anyway, <laughs> Charisma, I'm going to give him a middle of the road with a five. Character, I'm going to dock him a little bit because, I don't know, there was just never much substance to what he had there. It was the basis for a good character, but he never evolved with it other than getting a hat. So <laughs> I'm going to give him a three. Pretty sweet hat, though. It was a pretty sweet hat. At least back in the time. Nowadays, it's really fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I had one of them for like a week. And I was just like, I'm never wearing this fucking thing. <laughs> Isn't it weird, like, some shit that we thought was cool back then, and then we look at it now, and it's like, eh, no. <laughs> like, pogs. Just sort of like, oh, man, I can't wait to collect all these pogs that are just going to get thrown away. I want to know how much money my mom pissed away on buying trading cards of shit. <laughs> oh, God, all the Pokemon trading cards and stuff. Jesus. Jerry, what do you think about Mike's skills? What do you got? Listen, when, it, when Buff was on the mic, he had the stuff. He wasn't going out there cutting promos like he's Hulkamania, or if he was The Rock. But guess what? He held his own. In an era of where stars were everywhere, he did I. So I'm going to give him a six for his charisma. And now when it comes to his character, yeah, he had a hat. But he had the stuff to go with the hat. <laughs> and who could forget? Totally buffed. That kick-ass thing that I've never seen. So I'm going to give him a seven for character. I think that if he's got all the stuff, he should partner up with Dean Malenko for his yard sale. <laughs> Wake up, what do you think about Mike's skills? All right, so Charisma, I'm going to give him a six. He didn't fall flat on the microphone. He just wasn't anything better than good. 
Um, for character, he had a hat. Pretty sweet hat. And I'm all about free hat. Six. I'm glad I brought the hat. As soon as we get him some bonuses. <laughs> uh, appearance, that is physique and entrance. Entrance is pretty simple. Their music, their pyro, whatever they do during their entrance. And physique, don't really have to explain that much, do I? Just what they look like. So, uh, I gave him a three for an entrance because his theme song was shit. Just absolute shit. And he did have some pyro, and he did do his posing, but really wasn't all that interesting in the grand scheme of things. And the best one that I came across was his uh, WWF entrance that one time. He kind of did like this little dance at the beginning of it, but that still wasn't fucking great. Uh, I about that dance where he windmills his arms. Yeah, that it's like he does it all the time. He did it all the time. Yeah, he did that all the time. Uh, that was like his signature. In fact, if you played uh, WCW NWO Revenge and you pushed up on the stick, that was the taunt he did. <laughs> nice. Uh, physique, though, here's where he gets the high score. I gave him out of anything. And I might actually even bump him up a little bit on this. I don't know. I give him an 8. He's named Buff for a reason. That's the best thing that he had going for him. So, Wego, what do you think about physique and entrance? Well, physique... Buff had the stuff. And I was tempted to give him a higher score, and I'm paid him might be able to make me uh, make me change mine. But I'm going to give him an 8. Um, what was the other one? Entrance. entrance. Yeah, his entrance was lame before. True. When it comes to Buff Bagwell, he indeed did have the stuff. And by God, did he look amazing when he was strutting that stuff. A 10 for physique for being such a badass. And now, when it comes to just the overall, you know, himself, his entrance, one of the most amazing, important things about being a WWE, or at the time, WCW superstar, Buff Bagwell, he had, a, he had an okay theme. The music was cool. Pyro was amazing, of course. So I have to give him a 9 for entrance just for the pyro alone. Holy shit. <laughs> A nine for fucking entrance? <laughs> Yo, Undertaker's ten, right below him. Bob Bagwell. <laughs> you want to change that score, Drew? No, because I'm not a fucking pussy-ass bitch. <laughs> All right, so uh, remember that, people, when you're uh, voting host of the year. Don't worry, Drew, will just uh, sabotage the votes anyway. Payton, your thoughts on appearance? Well, physique, you guys, I think gave him the right number. I don't know why you were expecting me to pull this one to go any higher. He's he's an eight. I mean, he's got a, a fantastically sculpted set of muscles on him, but he's also kind of short. That's like, one of the main reasons I uh, docked him a point. Yeah, you could, you could tell he's got like Napoleon syndrome. So like it's, <laughs> that's definitely a part of him. So that, that docks him a bit. And even like, yeah, he's like ripped, but still when you compare him to like an ultimate warrior or a barbarian, not a barbarian, what was it, the warlord, they, they were a little bit bigger. So I, I can't give him all the way up to a 10 or even a 9, but 8, still pretty damn good. Nothing to shake a stick at. Entrance, I'm going to give him a three. He had a typical WCW entrance. He came out, he posed with some sparklers going off, and then he talked to the camera while he was coming to the ring. 
Seriously, if you watch WCW yeah. during that time, everybody talked to the fucking camera. That's one of the things that drove me nuts about this. When I was looking at a bunch of his entrances, it was just kind of like, holy shit, does he do fucking anything? And then I'm like, wait, nobody does any fucking Yeah, thing. everyone just talks to the fucking camera. Uh, as far as his music, though, I think you guys are forgetting something very important. And he's gone on record of saying that this song with no lyrics is perhaps the greatest song of all time. But with lyrics, it's awful. And that is the American Males entrance theme music. That is true. I forgot about that. <laughs> American Males. <laughs> yeah, I still oh, yeah. want to give him a three. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I gave him a three as well. I, I don't know if I actually said my number, but that's a three for entrance. That takes us into behavior. I'm retooling that from the last time that we did that because it was a little bit hard to uh, explain the past couple of times. So this is a little bit easier now. It's the behavior section, which is backstage professionalism and public relations. So backstage professionalism is the locker room antics that they get into, or if they don't, hopefully, the politics of behind-the-scenes things. Do they put other people over? Do they screw people over? In that kind of regard, the public relations is whether or not they would be somebody who benefits the company. Like, they do charities and talk shows and... They're really like like a John Cena type, where they have a squeaky clean kind of image. Or, on the negative side of things, they are bad P- uh, PR. They've got some kind of an image problem. They get arrested. Like, Sonny's got the DUIs and stuff like that. Those are the kind of problems that you would come across. So, there's two different spectrums when it comes to that. I give a three on both, and I really don't know if I'm going to dock them even more. Because when I was looking into this, I didn't know all that much to begin with. But I came across that he apparently got into a fight with Hurricane Helms and lost the fight too, so it's like he didn't even win it. Yeah, that's like the Sheamus level losing to Yoshitatsu and Sinkara. It's like which yeah. cruiserweight's going to kick Sheamus's ass this week? And he apparently had a reputation for being a pain in the ass. And Wago, you mentioned something uh, when we were talking about this a little bit before that he, he had his mom call in to so, like, quit or something. So there's this whole beef with um, Jim Ross or Buff Bagwell, and but that's wrong. Buff Bagwell has a beef with Jim Ross. He, um... Buff hadn't turned up for work a couple times, and the one time his mom called in sick for him, instead of just being upfront about it, and he was basically just trying to take time off. He'd had shitty performances already, and Jim Ross was told to let him know that he's released. And Buff fucking went out and shot really hard on him, and talked up a whole bunch of shit. Guy's a prick. So it seems like a three to me is the highest I would ever go. I don't know if I'm going to end up going a little bit lower on that. Um, public relations wise, I gave him a three for that because just a quick Google search. I mean, you come across gigolo, gigolo, reckless driving, drugs, prostitution. It's like, sorry, shit, dude. <laughs> like there's really I three being, you know, like kind to it because he, doesn't do anything to balance it hell either. It's not like, well, he did all that, but he also is a make-a-wish dude or something. So, I don't know. These threes might be going down for me. Peyton, what do you got when it comes to behavior? I think you're being very generous, Tony. Yeah, I, I probably am. Yeah. I've really got nasty with this one. Yeah, professionalism, I gave him a two, and the only reason I even gave him a two it's because there's a loyalty factor to him. And maybe it wasn't to WWE, but to WCW, he was a strong company guy. 
He defended anything they did while he was with them. He loved working for them. It didn't matter what they were doing. He never complained about his spot. He never went out talking bad about them, about how Hulk Hogan or anybody's holding him back. He just went out there and did his damn job. So he'll get a two at least for that. But, oh, boy, PR. I don't know if we've ever actually given this. Well, no, we, we if we've ever, ever actually given a zero. I, I don't think I've ever given a zero for anything. I've never given a zero, and I can't give him a zero either, because if you're going to PR, a zero... <laughs> have we ever done this? Well, it ain't gonna be tonight. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, well, I was just curious if we ever have, because I was like, I almost went with a zero, but then I had to think a zero would be, like, a Chris Fine. Benoit. Yeah, Benoit is clearly a, an absolute zero, maybe yeah. even a negative. So if if that's a zero, I can't put him there. I don't even know if I want to put him at a one. He might even have to go to a two because a one might be like like a Sonny or a Jeff Hardy or a China. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep him at a one for now. Hmm. So he gets a two and a one. Yes. Drew, what do you got? Oh well, see for professionalism, Buff's not the brightest guy around. Okay, and listen. He wouldn't have been able to talk to WWE to let him know the exact situation. His mom always called for him. I don't see what the big deal with that is, okay? He has a mentality of a four-year-old. What do you expect? So for professionalism, I'm going to give him a two. Even though I just offended him for no fucking reason. And listen, for public relations, back in WCW in 1997, the prostitution, the drugs, that was the whole New World Order look. Too bad all that happened when he wasn't in the New World Order. So I'm going to give him a two for that as well. Might have happened while he was in the New World Order. You don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We're not supposed to know. Way go. Yeah, I gave him one and one. Okay. Guy's a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's all been said. He's a fuck up. I'm going to definitely move mine down uh, to two different twos instead of two threes. <clears throat> and uh, our last set of two different categories are crowd reaction, popularity, and credibility. Popularity is pretty self-explanatory, and credibility is more so the kayfabe side of things. Is it somebody who could you know, potentially win a world title and you wouldn't really blink an eye, or is it something where he's a total job or whatever? This one I'm really flexible about, so I'm curious what you guys did. Give him a five for popularity and a three for credibility because it seemed like he really hit it off all that much for the most part. He was never like super duper popular from what I can remember. And credibility, he was a fall guy. And I, you know, double checked about some of his wins and they're kind of all shady and he only had the tag titles in WCW. So it's, you know, when you're kind of more of a stooge than anything, you're not somebody who's going to be like some you know, Hulk Hogan type or anything. So I, my five, my three could be going down. I don't know. Maybe even up, but, uh, Wago, what do you got for crowd reaction? So popularity, I gave him a five and he was like, got somewhat of a reaction in WCW, but like when wrestling fans today look back on him, nah. And that's how you know how your popularity is when the way, when people look back on you. Um, as far as credibility goes, I was a little higher than you. I gave him a five. I mean, at the end of the day, he'll tag gold. He was a champion. Hmm. Fair enough. Drew? Let's see. For the popularity, you have to remember, just imagine Tony Schiavone just going, Can you hear this crowd? For Buff Bagwell! And no one was there to cheer. 
So for oh, my God, the- Mickey the Mouse is coming. Yeah, what the fuck was Minnie Mouse doing on commentary? <laughs> Anyway, so for popularity, as much as, as much as I love the buff guy himself, I have to give him a four. And listen, for credibility, if you're a six-time tag team champion, you're a six-time tag team champion. He gets a six for me from that. Damn. <laughs> Payton, round us out. What do you got? Popularity, I gave him a four. I, I don't know if I could go even to the middle ground, but you got to give him something because this is a guy who was a recognizable player during the hottest period in wrestling during the number one company at the point he was there. So you got to at least give him credit for that. And I think he's a guy that most people who are wrestling fans from then could go to any indie show and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember this guy. All right, cool. He's going to flex his muscles again. Neat. All right. I can dig it. So I'll give him a four credibility. I I can't put him too high for that either. Uh, Yeah. He got tag titles, but I mean, it was, WCW tag titles when they didn't mean shit. So I give him a three for that. He never really found good single success. He's that guy that was reliable, but then when it came to the big moments, just was never able to deliver. I think they tried giving him a main event run in WCW in like 2000 when they were getting really desperate with people and it it completely flopped. Obviously, a lot of people blame him for that whole WCW never coming together when they were supposed to like split the brands into WWF and WCW. So he's not someone you could look at as a very, very like favorable person. As Wago said, history has not been kind to the way people look back on Buff Bagwell. You know what? You've convinced me his credibility is dropping to a four. <laughs> you have not convinced me. <laughs> he's, he's going still up to an six. Eight. He's going for over 9,000. <laughs> so right now, my final score is a 45, which is the lowest score I've given anybody so far, out of including the Shane McMahon one that we're going to do next. Uh, that'll be 16 editions of Superstar Scores. And he's the lowest. Jesus. Oof. Yeah. Jeez, I can't believe we've done 16 already. Oh, well, technically we've done 15. We'll yours do 16 is, in a few yours minutes. Is oh, yours I is see what mine. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Wego, what do you got? 41. Woo! Drew, listen. When it comes to the buff man himself, the buff, the buff man, you want a fucking like nickname basis? Listen, be a buff bag. Well, we go way back. Well, okay? you want terrific big balls. Some of those drugs and prostitutes, I was not there for, but I was there to te- for him when he told me about. Probably it. one of his illegitimate kids. <laughs> <laughs> so the buff man got a fifty-four for me, slightly above average, slightly above Steve Blackman. Fuck you. Wow. No way. No fucking way. What do you got, Peyton? I can't believe this. I have the lowest score of anybody here. I have a 40. And And I think that's a perfectly fair score for Buff Bagwell. Uh, A lot of these people we did, as as Tony will say, the not serious joke ones, have actually ended up being ones that we ended up finding a lot of things about them that we liked that maybe a lot of people didn't notice. And we got to have good discussions about them with Bob Holly and Steve Blackman. Not with Buff Bagwell. <laughs> this guy was a fucking joke. Uh, even when I was little and I didn't even understand the, the inner workings of wrestling and I was just watching it, I, I looked at that guy as something not serious and that I was going to enjoy. So Buff Bagwell, glad we got it done. Glad to have a new rock bottom on my list. You know what? Um, you- it's- I have changed my score. I'm going to go with a 45 now. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Did right he now. completely switch it? He's just going to change his overall score. <laughs> From a 54 to a 45. <laughs> yeah. Fuck with me. Well, originally, when you had it at a 54, our average was a 45, but that lowers it to a 42 down. <laughs> Which is a lot more accurate. Yeah. So, Sorry, Buff, I... man, you don't got the stuff. Listen, so... I love Buff Bagwell. Listen, me and him, we go way back. But at the same time, he had the stuff. Shut the fuck up. But he got into up. the wrong <laughs> stuff. Jesus Christ, thank you, Wago. <laughs> Fucking shit. Headed loser. So we have another one that we're going to do in the next part, which is going to be Shane McMahon. Same roles as before. So if you want to click on that one, go ahead and do that in part five. And then you'll find out what we got for Shane McMahon. Welcome back. We are going to do our second main event, our other superstar scores, which is going to be for Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon just made his return. And it's, you know, about as good a time as any for us to go back, watch some of his old stuff, and kind of refresh our memories before he ends up having his match at WrestleMania 32 against The Undertaker. And uh, same operating procedure as last time. Ring skills, mic skills, appearance, behavior, and crowd reaction are the five umbrella categories. And then after that, you know, you break it down into two different sub- uh, sections underneath that. Zero to ten. hundred is the goal that you're trying to get to. So let's get right into it with the ring skills. There's our athleticism and psychology. I don't need to break down a lot of these because we already did that before. Go back and check out the Buff Bagwell one if you want to hear more intricate explanations of what these are. Let's just get right into it, though. Seven for both I gave them. I kind of wasn't expecting to give them as high of a score, but I watched it back a couple different matches that he had, and I was just like, you know what? Especially with athleticism, this dude was able to pull off a lot more than I thought he should be able to. Yeah, he had caught me off guard with the shooting star press. That is specifically, yeah. King of the Ring 2001, watching that and then seeing the coast-to-coast that he did all the time, that dude should have been just a generic, you know, brawler type of guy or something like that, if anything. I mean, he didn't have to get into the ring to begin with. And he was doing shit that people that were full-on wrestlers couldn't do, so... Fuck Buzz Lightyear. Shane knows what falling with style is. This, yeah, got him there. Psychology. Don't you I think dare I could... speak bad about the name of Buzz Lightyear again. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was bad. Psychology. I'm a little bit more flexible, Owen, when it comes to that. I I gave him a seven because I figured he actually did a good job selling when he was like the baby face who could put up a good fight against the heel, but he also did a good job of being somebody who was the heel that needed to get his ass beat. So, I don't really know. I mean, I, I watched about five or so of his matches, the same with Buff Bagwell, to kind of refresh my memories. And maybe I watched ones that he was particularly good at. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Wago, what do you got for ring skills? So, I gave Shane a seven in both, and it was a lot higher than I expected. Now, I understand that in several of those matches he was carried, but it takes two to tango. And in fairness, Shane can sell his fucking ass off. The glazed look. Nobody does it better than Shane, uh, better than Shane. Maybe Shawn Michaels, but it's kind of unfair. Um, but you mentioned it all with the coast to coast, the shooting star presses, seven in both easily. True. It was weird. I was thinking going into this that like he wouldn't be able to do as much since I haven't actually seen a Shane McMahon match in a, quite some time. But like you guys, looking back on it, he was able to do a lot more than what I remembered him doing. And, you know, when Vince got into the ring the first time, he surprised a lot of people. And, you know, maybe we should expect that with Shane as well. But Shane surprised me looking back on it as well. 
guy's crazy as shit. So I'll give him credit where credit is due. And I'll give him a 7 for athleticism because, yeah, he wore really baggy stuff. But, dude, that guy was able to do a few things that, you know, I couldn't do and shit Buff Bagwell couldn't do it. So I gave him a 7 for athleticism and for psychology. Maybe he was a one-trick pony when it comes to doing just extreme hardcore style. If you take him outside of that, he wasn't really able to do too much. But just in that alone, he was able to do a lot of stuff. So, again, the same way I was... uh, you and uh, Wago, I'm gonna give a seven for that as well. I'm loving those memes that are going around now. By the way, of that big WrestleMania sign, and he's, uh, I'm gonna jump off that. Yeah, I'm gonna jump off that. That's so good. <laughs> you know that they probably were like, "What if we could do something like that?" Which don't do it. <laughs> just don't, just... <laughs> no, you know what? Vince was probably like, "Can we tarp this off somehow?" Why? <laughs> eh, Shane's gonna see it. <laughs> He's going to come there like when they're actually building the set, and he's just going to be like, Dad, what the fuck? Why didn't you show me that this was part of the set? Now i got to refigure out the whole match to figure out a way that I can jump off this shit. God damn it, Dad. Fucking me over all the time. <laughs> Payton, what do you got for the uh, ring stuff? You know, it's a shame Shane McMahon didn't do this at WrestleMania 29, so he could have jumped off that set, because that would have been cool. But, the uh, Statue of Liberty? Well, I was thinking more of the bridge. <laughs> you can climb up to the top of the bridge and jump off that. That would have been badass. Why didn't anybody do that? God damn, WrestleMania 29 sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we take it even a, a step further? Why doesn't Shane McMahon jump off the real Statue of Liberty? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, Now, Shane McMahon is a guy who gets accused a lot for just jumping off of high places, as we're saying, but he did have more than that. But at the same time, you got to wonder what he would have had if he had to do a full-time schedule. You know, a guy who only had to wrestle once every few months is going to be able to go out there and do some different things. So I'm going to give him a seven, but I'm I'm a little weary on it. Yeah, I do. It's kind of like on easy ground. Yeah, I I, I might be being a little biased. I, I think if we did this... Before his comeback, I, I might have ended up giving him a six, but I'm going to give him a seven. Psychology, I, I'm actually bumping up a little bit more. I'm going to give him an eight. Those McMahons, they understand storytelling. Every single one of them. Well, maybe not Linda. But <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you could say he was carried, but then explain Vince versus Shane. Because that match yeah. was fucking amazing. Actually, you said that Linda couldn't carry. I don't know. She did a pretty good job being stale-faced for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's the best thing she ever could have done. <laughs> that really was a, awful. She gets a one in psychology for the way she uh, sold that stunner. <laughs> or even the slaps. She couldn't even take a slap properly. Yeah, to be fair, you, I would, I'd be flinching if Stephanie wanted to slap me. She's she, apparently got the, the wicked hand. She really is the odd one in that family. Even odder than the daughter who's never showed up. I always forget about that. They have a daughter, another daughter. I had no idea. She, like, is completely estranged from the whole wrestling thing. She just doesn't want anything to do it. She never gets acknowledged. Like, she just stays completely... So when she's at the dinner table and they're all fucking talking for wrestling, she's just like, Yeah! Jimmy did great in soccer! (laughs) She probably has the rest of her family there and she's, like, sinking in her seat, covering her face. And they're like, Soccer? That's real sports. We don't talk about that at the fucking table. (laughs) You know what soccer needs? Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, sure, Arsenal could win, but who cares about it? <laughs> What's the story being told here? 
<laughs> oh, it would be fucking marvelous. Oh, I hope this happens. I hope it's real. People are like, oh, that referee's uh, fucking rigging the game. Well, isn't that what he's supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Why doesn't that one team just bump the ref? <laughs> All right, this is apparently a brand new character. <laughs> I don't know why we would dub the McMahon family being too into the difference between sports and sports entertainment. <laughs> Embarrassed McMahon daughter. That's what <laughs> Every time she brings something up. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. What were we talking about? <laughs> I totally lost track of where we are. We do. We all do the ring skills. I. Do. <laughs> yeah, he got a, a he gave an eight for psychology. We're moving on to the next level. Okay, that's right. Well, speaking of cutting promos at the dinner table, we got Mike Skills next. Charisma <laughs> and character. I gave him a five for charisma. I watched a couple of his things, and I, I the more I watched, the more I wanted to downgrade it because he's got some good promos that he's been cutting, but at the same time, they kind of fell flat too, and. Character, I bumped him a little bit up. I gave him a six because he did do a good job of breaking away a little bit from the McMahon thing. Like, he could have just been exactly the same as Stephanie and Vince, just that cold, calculating type of manipulative person. But he didn't. He ended up being... A likable one. Yeah, he was like the antithesis of that. He's actually less evil, and he played the spoiled brat a little bit at times. But a lot of the time, he was sort of the anti-spoiled Brad, like the one that had to show up his dad and not just like, you know, Stephanie pulls off the daddy's girl that follows in his footsteps. Shane does his own thing, and that was something a little bit different. So five and a six for me. Peyton, what do you got for charisma and character? Charisma, I bumped him up a little bit above that with a six. You know, these these McMahons, again, they get it, except for Linda. Uh, they're they're all able to talk confidently on that mic and control a crowd how they want to. Shane is the weakest of the three. You know, it's it's definitely Vince top. Stephanie is is getting up there though. Stephanie gets better as time goes on. She she may end up passing Vince before her time is done, but they're up there. And then Shane's a little bit further down, I especially mean, like <laughs> especially like I I look back on that night when he bought WCW. And his mm-hmm. delivery was really bad that night. Mm-hmm. That was like, one of the was... ones I watched where I was just kind of like, ugh. Yeah, there was just no passion in what he had going on there. Like, the name on the contract does say McMahon. Like, just com- completely blasé on it. He could have been so much more passionate with that. Although, who knows? Like, that whole thing, I think, came together so fast. They they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants that night. So, who knows? Anyway, six on that character. I'm going to give him an eight. I think he's solidified himself a really awesome character. And you can tell by how excited what people were when he returned. That was someone they loved. That was a character that they got into and were invested and knew big things were going to be happening because this guy was coming to town. You know, any McMahon should seem like somebody important, except for Linda. You know what? That actually brings up a point I wanted to bring up when Shane first made his entrance. We were talking about how big of a pop he got. For the longest time, I thought Shane was, like, the only big pop left. What do you guys think about, like, who's left to get a huge pop like that anymore? I mean, the anytime Rock. Austin comes out, anytime The Rock comes out. Uh, I mean, like, outside of Austin, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, you know, like, is there anybody that's, like, they haven't been coming you around? You mean kind of out of the, out of the uh, circle? Yeah. I, I Hold on. I bet the next time they have a Cancer Appreciation Month, 
month and uh, Bret Hart shows up, he'll get a pretty good pop. I kind of count him in there too because he shows up every once in a while. Yeah, mm. Brett, Brett. I mean, if he, they're in Montreal, yeah, he'll get a monster reaction. But anywhere else, it's meh. yeah, good point. Same as anyone else, really. Mm. I mean, Hogan's stock has dropped. Flair is so overexposed by now. No one gives a shit whenever he comes out. They'll woo a bit, but you know, uh, maybe C M Punk. Yeah, That's true. Punk, Punk would be yeah. there. And Daniel yeah. Bryan, if they um, decide they don't care if he gets crippled. I bet we Maybe Jeff Hardy. Hmm. Maybe Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Jeff Hardy. People forget how over he was. He was really fucking over when he left. Yeah. He was one of their biggest merchandise movers. That guy, because of his shitty personal life, like doesn't get the credit he's where like he should have. That well, just because it's, money. it's been so long and because his name has been kind of dragged through the mud, not just for those personal issues, but because he's been in TNA. <laughs> I don't know if he still he, would get that reaction, but but he had he already had drug issues and went to TNA once and came back as popular. He'll can do it, it again. It wasn't as long and it wasn't as bad. He didn't have that awful heel run with that ugly belt. Speaking of TNA, though, Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, Kurt Angle for sure. I wonder if Dixie Carter would get a huge pop. <laughs> she shows up in WWE. Everybody just boos the fuck out of her immediately. It'd be great. I mean, they really missed the ball with Macho Man. They did. That's a shame. We'll have to do uh, Superstar Scores Randy Savage at some point. Uh, who was up for Charisma and Character? Was it Drew? Yeah, sure. Drew. Yeah, I sure. Yeah. I'll go next. Uh, for Charisma and Character. So for Charisma, I gave him a 7. And I'm kind of tempted to give him a 6 after what Peyton said. But I'm going to stick with my guns and keep him at 7. He's a McMahon other than Linda and the unknown McMahon who covers her face at the dinner table. She could go out there. I imagine she does bury her hands in her, like her face in her hands. Like, she you can't eat like that. <laughs> oh, she fuck. So pretty much, it's Vince, Stephanie, and I don't think that difference between Shane and Stephanie is as far. He hasn't been on TV in a while, and maybe it'll take a little bit longer for him to like, get more accustomed to it. Depends on how often he's going to be around, but. He brought the point, but back then it was very stale face, and he said it like this, and pretty much most of the time, but still, he knew what he had to do when he went out there to cut his promos, so I'm going to give him a 7. He's not the best, he's not the worst. And for character, I gave him a 10. He's a McMahon. And really, at the end of the day, Vince, Stephanie, and Shane, they're all 10s, so I gave him all 10s, pretty much. And Wago, what do you got? Alright, so for Charisma, I gave him a 7, and your criticisms are definitely right, and I can see the argument for a 6, but during his feud with Kane, and I don't know who was and wasn't watching at the time, but that guy had some pretty good mic work, and his feud with Kane in general was probably one of the best all year. Um, So yeah, plenty of good promo work during there. For the character, I have to give him a 6. He was a McMahon, but... By comparison, he was so mild. He was pretty much come out, do a Shane Shuffle, fall off some shit. That was his character. And then we've got appearance, the physique and entrance. Six for the entrance? I'm really on the fence with that one. I don't know. I like his song. Catchy. Interesting footwork with that Shane Shuffle, <laughs> you were saying. I, like, it's something that I... 
I put in like a good spirit because it's something that I remember really well and I could see a lot of people really wanting to copy it and stuff like that, but it's not the most uh, flashiest kind of thing that's out there either. So I don't know. I could be swayed. Physique, though, I don't know about that one. Um, he always wore a bunch of baggy clothes. So you can really never tell. And I think that's a little weird to give him like a five middle of the road because he could be hiding that he doesn't have any better physique than that. So I gave him a three for now. I don't know. What do you think, Wego? I gave him a five in appearance. And even if I can't base it off what he used to look like because of the baggy clothes, I can base it off what he looks like now. And I've been seeing his training in uh, Muay Thai. And by the way, that guy can do, Shane can do like cartwheel Muay Thai kicks. So he's still in good shape. Um, he's jacked. So I'm going to give him a five, and he'll probably go up higher depending on how he looks at Mania when it's a little more easy to see. I'm not on a shitty video camera on his phone. Hmm. Um, as far as... What was the other one again? Entrance? Yep. It was a little above average because he had a decent theme song, but he just danced and came to the ring. So what did you give him? Oh, I thought I said five. Sorry. <laughs> Jury, no, sorry. Yeah. I, no, wait. I didn't say five. Six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I thought he said, said anything in the first place, five. but okay. Jackal? Oh. Jackal? <laughs> so, for appearance, I gave him a five mainly because back in the day, he wasn't really in... I'm not going to say he's out of shape. He was just normal, pretty much. And I'm not going to knock him for being normal. So, that's about a five there. So, for entrance, I love this song. And the Shane O'Mac dance is amazing granted that's all it is but if shane's music was shit i don't think that pop would have been as well that music is catchy i have that as my ringtone on my phone and that was always one of my favorite things about shane was his music out of all the mcmahons that one was my favorite it's a good job he said phone i thought he was gonna say pager for a second (laughs) no so for that i'm gonna give him a seven and Peyton, your uh, score for entrance and physique. Now, this is a guy who always had full body outfits on, loose full body outfits on for every match he ever wrestled. Now, Vince, this is a guy who wore a suit all the time. And then when he finally came out for a match, he came out with this tank top on. And you saw how ripped and jacked this guy was. And eventually he had that shirt ripped off. And it's like, holy fuck, that's what that guy looked like. If Shane had the chance to do that. He would have. But everything he wore wasn't even enough to show off his upper arms. So I always imagine Shane being very, very doughy underneath his clothes. So I'm giving him a three. His entrance, I give him a six. That's fun. Really high energy music. The the entrance Titantron is very well put together. All the dollar signs flying all over the place. I like his little dance. I like the fist swing he does. It's very uh, fun to imitate. And... Those shoes, man. Those you shoes. You wouldn't even boost his um, score up on his physique, even based on what he's like now, because he's definitely more. He's definitely buffer than he used to be. You keep saying that. I haven't seen anything about him looking all that great. It's called Twitter. <laughs> uh-huh. Why go set up a webcam? <laughs> Actually, uh, I, has anyone bought you those shoes yet? That's uh, a damn Shane. Someone needs to get on that. Give the man his damn fucking shoes. The damn Shane. <laughs> the damn Shane. I heard that too. Uh, behavior is the backstage professionalism and public relations side of things. Gave him an eight for professionalism. 
And it might just be because I don't know of anything, but I always got the impression that Shane was somebody who was well-liked and didn't really rub anybody the wrong way. I don't remember hearing anything of any kind of problems. And I really kind of gave him a huge bump up from the average five because of the fact that he did all these bumps that he didn't need to do. Like, this is a guy that could have very easily just been working on The Office. You know, he gets into the job because of his dad, and he just does all that kind of paperwork and whatever like that, and never actually puts himself in the line of fire. But this dude took the Vince McMahon method of wrestling and actually kind of, like, getting involved in it, and it brought that to a whole new level. That guy was doing shit that other people wouldn't do. So for him to actually put himself on the line like that... That probably earned him a ton of respect. And he never really won any of those matches, too. So it's not like he was putting himself... I mean, he won some of them, of course. Former uh, European champion. But he won them in, like, shady ways and stuff like that. So he never really looked like the guy. So it wasn't an issue of him overtaking anybody's spot or any of that kind of stuff. I can't imagine this dude was any kind of a problem. So I gave him an 8 for that. And uh, public relations, they gave him a seven. Uh, probably should move that up to an eight. But this dude is a good company guy. I give him a little bit less because of the fact that he left WWE for a while. So I don't know, like that kind of hurts it, I guess, a little bit. But he doesn't have any issues that I can come across. And you look at a guy like that, you look at somebody like Stephanie. Stephanie does do a lot of great things for the company and stuff like that. But she also kind of comes off a little bit like a bitch. Shane doesn't really seem like a bad guy, so you could trot him out and just have him talk about the company, and you're like, oh, I believe him. Yeah, seems like a stand-up chap. <laughs> Eight and a seven for me. I could be swayed either way. Uh, Peyton, what do you got for behavior? Gosh, I don't know how you could give this guy anything but tens across the board for this category. Professionalism, he gets ten. And you're talking about a guy who went on to become a CEO for a major company in China. Uh, this is a guy who knows every bit of the workings of the business now. He knows how to run the corporate. He knows how to go into a creative meeting. He knows how to talk to the boys. He knows how to interact with the boys. He knows how to work into a ring. He probably knows how to sell fucking hot dogs too. <laughs> oh, he's the, 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 stands Kane pretty much now. <laughs> and, and I'm saying – and I've been saying this for a while. The reason he's so well-rounded is because he's the guy who's going to be taking over. I don't care if he went somewhere else. That's his spot. It's not just a story. That's his spot in line, and he's taking it back. Maybe not now, but eventually that's going to be his. PR, same thing. Would you ever worry about sending Shane McMahon out to represent your company anywhere? Like, at, at all? So there's no I worries. don't know. He pushed Vince in the poll once. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, and one other thing I want to give in his favor about professionalism is this is the same – this is the guy who before he left, he's the one who worked out the whole deal to one, get Big Show back and two, get Floyd Mayweather in to make that money match that they had. One of the, the biggest coups they managed and to pull together three. at that point. Stop Big Show from killing Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, <laughs> true that. He had to go to like Paul Heyman calming down the beast mode. Hmm. Beast <laughs> You know, just that alone, I'm convinced. I'm moving him up to nines. Ah, uh, I don't know Tony. if I'm tens, but Drew, what do you got for him? He's a McMahon. It's tens across the boards. I'm not going to use that he's a McMahon as an argument. You, you haven't you heard anything. Did. You just did, and you did before. <laughs> and you're going to do it again by the time no, we no, finish no, this no, video. No, 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 no. 
the McMahon thing, yes, it could be used in an argument, but at the same time, he goes out there and he does his job. Like Payne said, yes, he left the company, but it's not like when he was gone doing his other things. It's not like he was out there bad mouthing his father or it's his not sister. Like he quit to smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He was <laughs> he actually doing stuff, experience. and when he, and when he was there, and, and when he was wrestling as well, it wasn't like he was going out there demanding that he's the WWE champion. He's, he wasn't Vince level. Even though Vince, it made sense in a way that Vince was a WWE champion at one point. Maybe he's just back for weight money. Yeah, maybe he is. So, <laughs> to be fair, Shane's, he wouldn't be tested if he wasn't a part of the company. <laughs> so for Shane's for professionalism, it's a 10. PR, it's a 10. He knows what he has to say. He probably knows the company the best out of all of the employees. And he's up there with the big bands when it comes to that kind of stuff. He knows what to go out there and say if he ever had to. So 10s across the board, just like... Peyton said, I don't know how you don't give him tins, Tony. What, do you fucking hate the guy? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what the cool thing is? I think we figured out what's in the lockbox. What, weed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. That's why the other toker wants it. Oh, that's why they're, they're going to lock oh, themselves yeah. in a cage. And they're really <laughs> they're going to oh, hotbox that one. <laughs> it all comes together. <laughs> Prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> he does that and immediately goes down on the public relations. <laughs> God damn it, Shane. Not only did you do something that we're going to suspend you for, you did in the middle of the fucking ring at <laughs> WrestleMania. With The Undertaker, one of our biggest stars. <laughs> That's it. Go to Wrestle's Court. Undertaker's the guy that handles Wrestle's Court. <laughs> exactly. He's just kind of like. <laughs> Innocent, bro. <laughs> Uh, I give him a seven for both of those because wait no I'm looking at my wrong one I give him a ten for both of those <laughs> uh, maybe I've been hanging out with the Undertaker yeah I'm, I'm not going to repeat everything that everyone else has already said that'd take up way too much time like some people <laughs> alright I'm bumping up professionalism to a ten public relations I'm still going to keep him at a nine. Oh, you're a bitch <laughs> just because he bit... left the company for a while okay I'll give you that much and he doesn't do the charity stuff like John Cena. I figured John Cena's a 10. Yeah, I heard he kicks little kids. <laughs> well, you know, little known fact, every time he was practicing that shuffle, he's actually just kicking a line of kids. He's going down the line. I spoiled what my next score is, so I see. Might as well go to me first. <laughs> I was going to go to you first anyway, but what do you got for a crowd reaction? So, in the popularity segment, I have seven. Tempted to put it up to an eight, and maybe someone makes an argument for me for that. Incredibility, seven. Whilst he only held the European title, he still hung with Kane and Kurt Angle on a competitive level. Fair enough. I gave him a seven for popularity and a five for credibility because I figured most of his wins were people like Briscoe and Patterson or whatever like that. And he lost all the ones against the people like Kurt Angle and whatnot uh, for the most part. And... Usually when he was in those matches, you didn't buy that he was going to win anyway. And if he did win, he won by some sort of dubious method or whatever. So I wouldn't ever buy him actually just like flat out winning a championship other than some kind of schmas ending. But five, I think yeah, it's good. It's the average. So uh, popularity, though, that that was a seven popular dude. But he's if I'm going with like, say, Vince McMahon being a 10, he, he's not Vince level or John Cena level or Hulk Hogan level or any of that kind of stuff. So I don't know about that. Uh, Drew, what do you got for popularity, credibility? For popularity, I only gave him an eight. And 
you know, he was never going out there getting cheaters everywhere he went. Um, and I'm actually kind of tempted to move it down for a seven because let's face it, he wasn't always getting cheered loud. He wasn't always getting booed loud. So right now he's getting that good reaction. But if he was here this whole time and he and they were just now doing his storyline, he wouldn't be getting the same reaction since he hasn't been gone for seven years at that point. So yeah, actually, screw it. I'm going to move him down to a seven. So he gets a seven for popularity. And for credit, or credibility, actually. <sighs> I'm sure his credit's fantastic. <laughs> oh, you, you, dude, for you debit, just maybe? know he has that credit. Actually, I'm going to give him a 10 for credibility because, lol, McMahon. <laughs> uh, Peyton, what do you got? Popularity, I gave him a 7. Credibility, I gave him a 5. All the reasons. Above that delivery was pretty weird, even Lil McMahon. Not that part, you can take most of what Drew said out actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, my final total score is a 65 out of 100, which is pretty damn good overall. I mean, that's roughly the same as a lot of other people that I got. Uh, it's above Santina Morella, it's almost on par with Roman Reigns, actually. From the score that I gave him before. Although I probably would give Roman Reigns a bump up if I were to do that now. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys got for your total score as Peyton? I gave him a 70 overall. Hmm. And I'm just looking through my scores here. It's actually really good. Uh, it's only a hair short of Daniel Bryan. He's one point over Jericho. One point under Piper. Uh, the only people he's really a bit far below is Warrior... Brock Lesnar, he's actually two points above Roman Reigns. Hmm. So we got a 65 and a 70. What do you got, Drew? I'm double checking because it said 80, and I actually don't think it was 80, so just give me a sec. Oh, no, I so just ended up flipping it to the opposite anyway. <laughs> do, you want, zero eight. do you want me to go what he's adding? No, so, I got uh, it. I got it. So <laughs> for Shane McMahon, I gave him way too many tens, apparently, and he gets an 81. Jesus Christ. Well, there's no, like, you gave him too many or whatever. Like, you only have a, an unlimited amount of tens that you can give out or anything. If you think he's a ten for everything, go ahead. Oh, uh, dude, I give him a hundred. Fuck. <laughs> Way go, your score? I ended up giving him a 71, and I know that's above Steve Blackman and um, Roman Reigns for me. I don't know what I gave them, but I know it was above that. So a 65, a 70, an 81, and a 71. That balances out to a 71.75, which is pretty damn good, I gotta say. So uh, tell us what you guys gave those scores for Shane McMahon. Go back and tell us about the Buff Bagwell ones as well, and uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up and all the other kind of stuff that goes along with that. Now, Tony, before you finish this, I have a tradition. We've gotten Buff Bagwell out of the way. But if you think me rallying for ridiculous superstar scores is finished, oh boy, is it not. Although, this next one, I don't think it's completely absurd. As a matter of fact, I think it's so good, I would be shocked if it's not the next one you want to do. It's a shockmaster. Superstar scores the big show. I would totally be up for oh, the I'd big totally show. I'd totally be up for the big show. I mean, that that so deserves wacky. it. We I have think- been... We've been growing fun of big shows lately, yeah. So I would really love to actually sit down and analyze the big show. Uh, I was expecting something actually kind of (laughs) weird. 
Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> well, after we get Big Show out of the way, I think, but I think Big Show deserves this. So I'm going to start rallying for Big Show. Well, we've had a couple different suggestions over a little bit of time here. Uh, Peter Piccinini threw out the idea of uh, Zack Ryder. Yeah, that's disgusting. No. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm, like, I'll actually boycott the show that we do that on. Chris Benoit has been brought up. Yeah, I'm good for that. Uh, yeah, that is a very touchy one, I but think at that's the same unnecessary. At oh, the same come on! Time. It's like the people want that, and you know people are going to listen. I think that one would be really interesting because clearly that would be the first time we would ever give a zero for anything. So that Here's would be like history. You kind of spoiled that. Do you, do you score him? Do you have to score him one before the death and one after the death? No, you keep everything together. You you give him a zero for that. Uh, Backstage professionalism and the uh, PR and all that, because well, technically didn't... that wasn't backstage. Was yeah, it? true. Was... Although PR. Although backstage professionalism, when it comes into play, the idea that he didn't show up for the pay per view. Oh man, now I have to dock him. I one point just because he didn't show up to a pay per view. Jesus, Tony, I'm so he sorry. Have his mom call. <laughs> See, we're having a lot of discussion already. Text Trovo instead. So we're just doing it. Uh, go ahead, do it right now, right? <laughs> Fuck, I'm down. Uh, I, bet, so... I still bet he score higher than Sean. <laughs> so we had a lot of the suggestions. If you guys have any, throw them in the comments below. We'll try to figure out another time to do one of these down the road. We got plenty of stuff that we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks, so it's not going to be for a while. And, of course, if anything does happen that's anything weird, like what happened with Roddy Piper and Daniel Bryan, whatever, we'll try to bring them into the fold. But, you know, if there is, like, anything that really stands out as something that we can kind of make the next go-to thing like the Buff Bagwell was, keep that in mind. So, drop those comments. We have one more thing we have to do for this episode. That's the Fantasy League coming up in Part 6. Stay tuned, and that'll be coming up next. Welcome back to the final part of episode 223. It's time for us to get into the Fantasy League. So, Peyton, what do we need to know for this week? Well, we are hot on the road to WrestleMania. And remember, when we get there, points will be quintupled, which is five times the normal amount. That still won't be enough to save Drew White's fucking shitheaded losers who are fucking shitheaded losing quite badly all the way down in last place. Sean Walker... Narrowly ahead of them with this Canadian Elephants team. Tony Mangos, Tony's Tykes 2 in number 3. My team, our time is now in number 2. And Steven Huegos, Ricky the Team Boat. With a strong lead in first place. However, things can still get shaken up quite a bit before we get to the end of this session. This is the final one. And then we're going to take a small break and we're going to start a new fantasy league. When we uh, do a draft, we'll do a draft special on the Raw Post Show. And work our way to the first one with extreme rules that's going to be excited to get back into a new season but payback payback whichever one it is yeah (laughs) you know that one uh so we first though have to see if we want to do any trades or anything of that nature so let's see here uh sean actually should be first but sean is not here so tony you're next up nope i'm good the way i am Okay, I, I guess, guess that's what everybody always tells me. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm gonna hold as I am too. Wago, nope. Drew, does anyone have the Undertaker? I do. Yes, Tony does. Tony does. Okay, I was just double checking. Um, 
Hey, will you give me Kevin Owens for AJ? Oh, never mind, you already did. <laughs> yeah, I did already do that. And uh, he lost on SmackDown as well. So, you know, maybe my team is cursed this year. I'm coming to that conclusion that that is the case. So, Mark Henry's kind of interesting, I guess. I think I'm going to drop Sami Zayn and uh, pick up John Cena. Wait, what? Somebody has John Cena, don't they? Yeah, you already have John Cena. I do? Yeah. Do I not have Sami Zayn? You have Sami Zayn. You have Sami Zayn, too. So... You have Shane, Del Rio, Owens, Cena, and uh, Sami Zayn. Oh, so I don't have Big E? You don't have Big E. Oh. Well, I'm going to drop Sammy for uh, Big E. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sam E for Big E. Sammy Zayn taking the place of... uh, Or Big E, rather, taking the place of Sammy Zayn. Basically just trading back from what you did last week. Duh. Yeah. It's... Yeah, pretty much. You never know, Drew. Sami Zayn, he might be coming back next week. You know, you, actually, you know what? It would not surprise me <laughs> now that I dropped him. Yeah, Daniel Bryan comes back. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I got you guys. I didn't really retire. All right, well, last call. Anybody want to do anything? Anybody want to grab Sami Zayn? <laughs> you know what? I think I'll hold off on Sami Zayn. For some reason, he just doesn't seem too tempting. Oh, well, you did have Sami Zayn on your team for a little bit, so... Yeah, not by choice. <laughs> you made the choice to take that trade. No, I made the choice to take AJ Styles. Sammy Shane was a casualty. <laughs> All right, folks. So for the latest updates, head to WWEFantasyLeague.com. That'll take us into the plugs. So, Wago, you're up first. What do you got? At Stephen Wago on Twitter. Stephen is spelled with a P-H. Wago is W-A-G-O. I am Stephen Wago on all avenues. You can check out whatever I've got going on there. Bada bing, bada boom. True. Uh, you can go to my Twitter, which is at Drusif White. You can follow me for some cool tweets. Go to my YouTube, which is Mick Freaking Duncan. I will put it down in the uh, comments somewhere because I know Peter Piccanini wanted he couldn't find it, so I actually have to. I'm gonna give it to him, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you're gonna give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> gonna give it to him. <laughs> And Bayman. You like things I do. Follow me on Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. That's Mr. Payton. And if you like listening to us talk wrestling or talking about things that aren't wrestling because we tend to trail off, find us live on the Raw Post Show, immediately following Raw going off the air by tuning your browsers to megapowersradio.com. Lastly, my plugs are mostly all in the rest hold, but if you, for some reason, didn't check that out, First off, fuck you. And second, <laughs> <laughs> follow us all over the place at Smart Out Moment. Uh, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, give those positive reviews, all that other kind of stuff too. Fanboysanonymous.com, all talk show, follow it all those and all those avenues. Check out the Redbubble shop, do the sign me up, and uh, start sending in those mailbag questions because we got those coming up in a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, you Speaking of which, next week we're going to be giving our predictions for the Roadblock event, even though there's only one match that's been announced so far. Hopefully they'll be able to actually announce that on Monday Night Raw. And uh, we'll be doing coverage of that on Saturday the 12th, which is going to be the same time as we're doing the Game-A-Thon for charity that we do with the whole Dace Man show, Fanboys Anonymous, Mega Powers Radio Collective. So go make sure that you donate for that. 
and tune in to that too, because if we're going to be up playing games for 24 hours, we'd like to have people in the chat actually talking to us and stuff and uh, paying attention to what's happening with Smash Brothers and whatever like that. Although I think the Smash Brothers tournament's happening during the pay-per-view. So, you know, I'll be busy doing that instead. But either way, we got the Game-A-Thon coming up next Saturday the 12th. We got that event coming up, so we'll be doing our predictions for that and the post-show for that as well. And until then, see you next time, everybody. This has been another Smart Count Moment, and we're being counted out. Kennedy. Ha, 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 Kennedy. Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) He should have that as the outro. I was recording. Oh, was you? (laughs) Alright, there you go. That's your outro. What song is it, though? You don't know what that's from? Uh It's uh, Austin Powers. (laughs) I thought you were going for the ESPN theme. No. Yeah, whenever um, Doctor Evil says something specific, like really yeah. evil, it zooms in on his face. Yeah, I know what, what you're talking about now. Okay. I felt like I felt like such a jackass for the longest time. I didn't know that was all the same person. What, Dr. Evil and Austin Howard? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he plays almost every single person. He I'm like, plays wait, Fat wait, Bastard, wait. too. He's Fat Bastard, Dr. Evil, Austin Powers. God fucking damn it. No, why did nobody tell me? I'm going to blow your mind now. He's also gold member. I know that. <laughs> oh, God, if he didn't do that, that would have been amazing to fuck with him. With He's also Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I was so pissed off when I found out about it. I'm like, why didn't I know this sooner? <laughs> Because I've always said I don't like research actors, so. But hats off to him. He did a good job. <laughs>